what about if I just had their job, their career, or their looks, right? You ever thought that? Man, I wish I looked like them. And that's one of the terrible things about social media is, is people put all kind of pictures of themselves in these things called filters. And then you see them in real life and you're going, what happened? What train hit you to make you go from that to, to this? Or what about this? This is a great one. I love this one. Man, I wish I had their kids. My kids are driving me nuts. They are out of control. They're hyperactive. They won't settle down. They won't listen. They won't do their homework. They won't, they won't, they won't. I wish I could trade these kids in on a new batch or maybe even just sell them all together and not have any kids at all. Okay, I'm sorry. Got a little carried away on that one. Or what about this one? You ever found yourself saying, man, I wish I had that talent? If I could just sing like that or play an instrument like that or get up and speak like that or, or draw these beautiful portraits like that or, 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 you know, do computer stuff, technical stuff like that and, and on and on it goes. I, I wish I had the talent that they have. What this boils down to is simply feeling like this. I'm just not as good as them. Woe is me. Right? And to that I say, woe <laughs> to you. Stop it right there. Galatians 6.4 tells us this as, as a part of that verse. Do not compare yourself. Some of you need to write that down. Not only on the piece of paper that you may have in front of you or in your Bibles. But you need to write that down in your heart and in your mind. Do not compare yourself. Folks, nothing will destroy. Now get this, some of you, this is going to be a freeing moment for you. This is going to be some revelation that's just going to get you out of a place you've been stuck in and free you to live how you're supposed to be living. And it goes like this, nothing will destroy your peace of mind faster than comparing yourself to others around you, right? I mean, that is the truth of God's Word. It shows a lack of understanding, and it makes you, as 2 Corinthians 10, 12 says, behave unwisely when you and I compare ourselves to other people. Remember a guy by the name of Cain? Let's back it up. Mom and Dad, Adam and Eve, you ever heard of those two? They had two sons that we know about in the, in the Bible that were named Cain and and Cain measured himself against his brother Abel and started comparing himself. And what happened? It ended up that he killed his brother Abel because that comparison created this thing called jealousy that reared its ugly head, that set up root in his heart and in his life. And then he acted out upon that to the degree of killing his own brother. There was a time that the disciples compared notes to see who among them would suffer and who would be spared of suffering. And Jesus, in John chapter 21, 23, basically told them all, this is none of your business. Don't you love it when somebody tells you that? Mind your own business. Stay out of my lane. This is not of your business, okay? So just get out. And that's exactly what he did to correct them from playing the comparison game. Let me share three quick observations about comparing ourselves. First of all, if you're taking notes, write this down. Comparison can make you feel superior. You didn't think I was going there, did you? 
And here's what I mean by that. It, it, it leads to pride as well when we feel this way. Remember the Pharisee who made a great show in Luke chapter 18 of thanking God because of this. He, he's out on the street corner and blowing up his chest and thanking God because I am not like these miserable people. <laughs> you ever felt better than somebody else? You ever been walking along, see somebody in a bad state of life, and you think to yourself, man, I'm glad I'm not like them. And then you kind of feel a little bit puffed up. You say, I feel like I've got my act together at least better than they have. And that's exactly what, what comparisons can do if we're not careful. It can make us feel superior. Comparisons can also make us feel inferior, which a lot of us do know that feeling very well, which leads to low self-esteem, and it keeps you focused on yourself. You overlook the truth that God doesn't play favorites, as Acts 10, 34 tells us, and you start believing that he's withholding things that are rightfully yours. Like a petulant child, why God? Why me? Why don't I have that? Why don't I have that spouse, that life, that house, that talent, that whatever, fill in the blank. Why, why, why? It should be me, Lord. Way, way, way. You ever? Society creates a, creates a sense of entitlement. And then Satan comes along and reminds you of all the people who've already attained what you would really like to have. Which propels you further down the road to discouragement and discontentment. It was Ann Peterson who wrote these words. Satan's lies have a little truth mixed in, which makes them harder to recognize. So therefore, we need to refute them by saturating ourselves with the truth. It's only by learning scripture inside and out that we can sort all of this mess out and know what God is saying to us. We've got to know the truth. Third thing I want to share real quick is we attempt to bring God down to our level by comparing how he's working now with how he worked in the past. I'm going to give you some revelation. It'll just blow your mind. You ready? Write this down. You don't want to miss this. And here it goes. Stop trying to figure God out. <laughs> Amen. I believe this, if, if, if we would all get a hold of that and start to practice that of, of not trying to figure him out and just trusting him. Our lives would improve dramatically instantly. God, I give up trying that stuff because it just doesn't work. You're God. I'm not. I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to walk in obedience to whatever you deal me in my life. You ever been playing cards? You got dealt a hand that was terrible, and you're like, I don't want these cards. And the dealer looked back and said, you got them. Nothing you can do about it. Stop trying to figure God out and trust him. The way God works surpasses the way that we work. And the way he thinks is beyond the way that we think in our minds. Isaiah 55, 9 tells us. Now let me give you some dangerous results of playing the comparison game. We've got to stop. First of all, I want to, I want to share this. We've got to stop pretending like comparison is not a sin. Right? Because it is. It's sinful for us to play that game. It's not just a burden placed on us that steals our joy. But comparison, listen to this church, burns a hole in our communion with God and in our community with those around us. Here are some terrible rotten fruits that grow in our hearts through this sin called comparison. And if you're taking notes again, write this down. The first one is called envy. You know about that one? Most often, comparison acts as a glorified word for envy. This shows up in our desire 
for our neighbor's gifts or success, whether it's their career, marriage, or something else they have that we do not have. And let me tell you something you already know, envy is ugly, right? It's an ugly thing. The next one I want to share is, is pride. It's often intertwined with envy. Pride is another bad fruit that grows from holding ourselves up to others on a scale. Pride surfaces when we think we deserve the God-given gifts that others have. When truthfully, listen to this, we don't deserve anything, really, in and of ourselves. We didn't do anything to be here in this life, as I, I mentioned last week. So how dare we think, I deserve this, I deserve that. Everything we have is a gracious gift from our loving Heavenly Father who put us here for a purpose and created us to be individuals. You were born unique don't die a copy you ever heard that i love that arrogance pride if that's in our heart it's exposed as we look at the sin of others and decide that our sin is less despicable to a holy god you ever you ever played that comparison game well i'm only cheating on my taxes but they <laughs> They're cheating on their, their, their husband or their wife. So mine's not nearly as bad because I don't believe that God loves the IRS anyway. So they're just like, you know, whoo, forget them. But if you ever kind of justified those things in your mind and compared your sins to other people's sins and come out smelling a whole lot better than they smell in your own mind and thoughts. When in reality, get this, because this will blow your mind, all sin stinks to God. It all smells, it's all terrible. It is life damaging and that's why he hates sin so much. He knows that it kills something inside of us. The next one is ingratitude. When we compare our situation to the lives of fellow believers, maybe we show we're ungrateful for the many gifts that we ourselves have received from God. Sometimes we covet something in an unbeliever's life as well, revealing our priorities are way misaligned in our lives. What would we envy their life when our portion is the Lord? We get Jesus, folks. We've got nothing to be jealous of of this world that we exist in if we truly are walking with Jesus Christ as our Savior. He is a treasure that far exceeds anything our neighbor possesses. Psalm 73 tells us that. Another terrible fruit is this thing called competition. Comparison can drive us to sinful competition with other believers. We might find sinful motivations in our heart for serving at church or studying the Bible even. If we can do more and do it better than them and, and, and we'd get the praise and the recognition we deserve, how awesome that would be. You see, there's a thing called serving the Lord and his church and this world that we live in for the kingdom of God. And there's this thing called serving with the wrong attitude, mentality, and purpose in our hearts that we want to get the glory. We want to be recognized. We want to be patted on the back. We want people to say, man, look how awesome and holy and amazing they are. And when we do it for the wrong reasons and the wrong motivation, then guess what? It stinks. It's never right. It doesn't honor and glorify and worship God. And it doesn't bless those around us as it could and should. One more that all these things culminate in. And this is something that, man, if we don't get right, we get nothing right. 
And it's simply this, being unloving towards other people. You see, in all these things, there's a common thread. We're doing a terrible job at loving others if we are giving in to the comparison game and allowing envy and pride and ingratitude and competition to grow and foster in our hearts and our lives. Then guess what? It's all going to result in us being unloving towards people. Why? Because here's the reality of it. What matters is us. Deep down inside, we are very selfish when we live this type of life and, and, and we want everything to rally around us, to be be exalting us and glorifying us and we do not love other people because of that and get this Jesus himself said the two greatest commandments that we have in this life is number one to love God with everything you are right have you read that have you heard that before and number two to love your neighbor as yourself that you're not exalted above them, that you love them as much as you love yourself, that you've got to love God and love people is the basis of life. And listen to me, if we're shooting at any other targets in this life, we are missing it altogether. That's the purpose of life. Comparison will kill that. So as we finish this in the next few moments, I want to give you the antidote. How do we quit the comparison game? How do we throw in the towel and say, you know what? No more in my life. No more will I look at them and think, man, I wish I had that. Or, or look at them and say, I wish I had this. No more. It's going to be over with. And the first thing on the road to quitting comparison is this. Practice gratitude. Right? The one habit that changed everything for me years ago was this. When I was in Bible college many, many years ago out in Dallas, Texas at Christ for the Nations, we had a speaker come in named Wayne Myers, one of the greatest missionaries ever to walk this planet. This man gave his entire life away to serving and loving on people in foreign countries and was always going to the mission field, establishing churches. I think by the time that he went home to heaven, he had established over 1,000 churches around the world. And one thing that he drilled into our hearts and into our heads was live with an attitude of gratitude and truly learn the art of thankfulness in your life. He told us, guys, kids, young people, if you can get a hold of this one thing, to truly be thankful to God for every blessing he pours into your life, he said, look at me in the eyes. If you get a hold of this, it'll change everything about your life. No more will you be caught up in the comparison game. No more will you be wishing and wanting the things that other people have. Instead, you'll be thanking God for everything that he puts into your life. Through his majestic, powerful, amazing hand of blessing. Practice gratitude. It will push greed out and change your life forever. Number two. Unlock the power of contentment. Some of you need to just write that word down. You haven't even thought of that word in such a long time. You've forgotten that word even existed. Contentment. Contentment is being able to sit down. Take a deep breath and say, man, I am so blessed and so thankful. And not have this stuff hit in your mind, but this, but that. You need this. You've got to have that. You've got to try it. You've got to do more and more. No, none of that stuff. It, it all just goes away. Because in that moment, 
You're sitting there thinking to yourself how blessed I am and how thankful I am for all the blessings of God. I am truly content in where I am and who I am because of whose I am. Right, church? That'll preach. Unlock that power. Gratitude leads to contentment, which allows us to be in a state of joy and satisfaction no matter what circumstances we find ourselves in. You're happy with where you are in life and aren't worried about what other people are doing. Boy, that's a, that's a big one, right? That doesn't mean you don't have goals for the future or that you aren't working towards being a better person in Jesus Christ tomorrow than you are today. And it definitely doesn't mean that you're stagnant or that you're choosing to sit around and do nothing new, exciting, and challenging with your life. But what it does mean is this, that you develop a peace about your life and a sincere enjoyment about what you have today without basing all your happiness on what you hope to achieve tomorrow. Be content in Jesus. Number three, don't compare your life, here we go, to everyone else's highlight reel. Right? This may be a very shocking observation for some of you, but it shouldn't be. Social media doesn't always reflect reality. Whoa, excuse me, Pastor. Yes, exactly that. I know, I know this is something you've never really thought about, but it usually is not the complete picture of someone's life. It's just the highlight reel. It's just the, the big stuff, the happy stuff. And many times it's fake, right? I mean, I have a teenage daughter living at my house. The other night, we were sitting at dinner. She's not in here in the room right now, or she'd be running to attack me and grab the microphone. So, there. <laughs> and between every five bites, she would. And then she'd sit it down and eat a few more bites. Then she'd pick it back up and from this side. And I'm like, after about 10 minutes of this, I said, so is it like every three minutes you take a photo or every five bites you take a photo? I mean, what's the, what's the sequence here? I mean, what, you know. Secondly, it's Wednesday night. We're eating meatloaf, <laughs> corn, green. I mean, this is not like going on a cruise. We're not on some foreign beach, you know, in, in Cancun or somewhere and, you know, the wind drifting through. I mean, you're sitting at the dinner table eating meat. What, what's the deal with taking 15 pictures at meatloaf dinner? I don't. I... Maybe when she posts all 12, 15, 30, I don't know how many it ended up being. She's going to put some neat caption like, oh, over at Sullivan Steakhouse enjoying a great meal. Really? We see the highlight reel that people want us to see. And what happens is, when we look at those long enough, we begin to think, man, I wish my life was that exciting. We see their children getting these, these awards and, and these great accomplishments. And we look at our kids like, you can't even tie your shoes. And you're 17. Come on, man, what's up? My life stinks. They're out there winning science awards, solving big issues of life, and you can't even tie your shoes. Come on. Let's, let's move on. Number four, focus on your strengths. You can be humble and still recognize that you have strengths and abilities and talents. 
and their accomplishments that you you gain. You, you don't have to beat yourself up to be humble. In fact, that's a pretty unhealthy approach. And it's one of the biggest dangers of comparison living. You see, the more we compare ourselves with others, the worse we feel about ourselves. And that's dangerous. That's a very dangerous trap that we've got to avoid. Do this for me this week, church, maybe this afternoon. Try writing down three things that you really like about yourself, things that you identify as strengths. And maybe if you need some help, maybe ask somebody closest to you, hey, what are the three things that you think I am best at? Let me know what your thought is on that. And, and don't just write down, hey, i got good people skills, you know, like you'd put on a boring resume that you're turning in for a job. Make them personal. You ever heard the old saying, accentuate the positives? Do that for yourself. Begin to sit down and write down those things that you know that the Lord has blessed you with, those gifts and those abilities. Make that list and begin to thank God for them. Because here's the, here's the, the way this process works. He who is faithful with a little gets to be faithful with a lot. But when we aren't faithful or grateful or thankful for the little that God has given us with to start with, a little seed blessing, a little seed talent, a little seed money, whatever it is. If we're not faithful of that, we don't go out and do business and, and honor God with it and bless him and, and be faithful and, and, and vigilant with that and stuff. Then guess what? We'll never be able to be blessed with more because we can't handle more. We've mismanaged what we've gotten already. We've been poor stewards, but let's be good stewards. Let's be thankful for what God has blessed us with. Another one is, is celebrate other people. What a beautiful thing that is. Constantly comparing ourselves to others leads us to not cheering on the people who are working hard to get somewhere. Have you ever been scrolling on whatever feeds your own and whatever you enjoy? And you look at somebody and they're like, hey man, out here working hard to reach my goals. And you're like, I hope you fall on your face. <laughs> Excuse me? Well, just look at them. I just can't stand. Just, just always happy. Always got a smile. Always achieving things. And oh, let's go get them. You know. I, um, yeah. Okay. Why not celebrate people? Why not cheer for people? Now, here's my challenge. When a, when a friend tells you about their new job, be happy for them. Somebody's buying a new house. Be happy for them. Take part in their enthusiasm. If someone shares some great news with you, keep the focus on them instead of turning it back to yourself. You, you, you ever find yourself doing that quite often? Then there's something going on there that needs to be addressed. Find big and small ways to celebrate other people's accomplishments. Because the Bible tells us this, church. You remember that book? <laughs> that all-important book that we have, blessed by God, given to us. The Bible says, rejoice with those who... Rejoice. Romans 12, 15. If you don't believe me, look it up. Don't feel like you're losing, and you need to write this down. Don't ever feel like you're losing just because someone else is winning, right? This isn't the Super Bowl where there's only one winner that's going to walk away with the Lombardi trophy. No. There are lots of winners in, in the kingdom of God. Whenever we, whenever we surrender to Jesus Christ, guess what? That's a big win right there. And from then on, whenever we allow him to work in our lives and walk obediently in his ways as his child, then guess what? Win after win after win after win. And guess what? Many people win when they follow Jesus. It's not a competition. Look at somebody and say, we're on a team. We all win. That's right, Jesus team. I love that. Number six, learn to compete with yourself instead of others, right? 
Instead of focusing on where you are compared to them, focus on your own goals. Where are you compared to where you were this time last year or maybe even five years ago? Here's what we do. Chart and celebrate success and progress in our lives. But don't compete with other people. God has you on your own individual race. Run your race with perseverance. Number seven, have boundaries around how much time you spend on social media. For all of us. We've been talking about comparison through social media. It can have a massive effect on our mental well-being. Or as you would say that are not from the south, our mental well-being. Here are some boundaries that we can put into place very quickly to protect ourselves. Unfollow any accounts that tend to make you feel bad about yourself, right? Set a timer and allow yourself to scroll for just a a number of minutes. And then when time's up, just, just step away from it. Number three, turn off your phone when you're having time with your family and friends. Amen? I'm guilty too. Be fully present with them and it'll make everyone else a lot happier. Unless you're still a miserable grump, then it may not. But there's other issues there we got to deal with for that. Don't feel obligated to reply to every comment and message. As one great person said, ain't nobody got time for that. And then when you feel a pull to check social media, ask yourself why. Are you bored, uncomfortable, or seeking affirmation? What can you do to feel better instead of picking that up? And then the last thing today is this. Maybe it's time to take a, a media fast. Don't walk out yet. It's almost impossible to be satisfied with your own life if you're constantly looking at what someone else has. It used to be back in the old days. Anybody remember the old days? Before? SM, social media, you'd be driving home in your big old steel metal heavy car, not these light little plastic cars that you have now. You'd have your fedora on, your suit and tie. June, I'm on the way home, have dinner ready. You'd get to your house there on your street. Well, the Joneses must have got a new TV. There's a TV box out on the curb. Man, it's 55 inch. Mine's only 32 inches. Well, hello, dear. Welcome home. How was your day? Terrible. Just terrible. You realize the Joneses got a new TV and it's 55 inches and look! There's only 32. Just not right. I want a 55 used to be that, that in the old days, it was things like that that would trigger this. And that was very rare because most people didn't get new TVs very often, right? And they definitely weren't 55 inches back in those days. It, was a, it might have been 55 inches of big old consoles. Remember those big wooden cabinets that the tiny little screen was in the middle of it? Took like 14 men to carry that thing inside. <laughs> Let's sit it down and take a break. I can't. I need But now at any moment of any day, of any week, of of any month, of any year, you can pick up your device. You can touch a button or two. And guess what? You see everybody's stuff. And there's this draw to say, I don't have that. I wish this. I want that. Blah, blah, blah. 
If this is a trouble spot in your life, then hear me out this morning. Maybe it's time to get away from that and just find Jesus again. Just go to your word. Just go to prayer and say, God, help me be content. Help me quit the comparison game. Shut that stuff off. Look at Jesus. Find yourself. Figure out those amazing blessings that you have and begin to rejoice in them. There's a great theologian from years back by the name of Dr. Seuss. And I love this little poem, and it just hit me last night. I'd forgotten it, and I was like, wait a minute. And here's how it goes. You've, you've probably heard this or read this. He said years ago, he wrote these words, today you are you. That is truer than true. There is no one alive who is youer than you. Don't you love that line? Shout aloud, I am glad to be what I am. Thank goodness I'm not a ham or a clam or a dusty old jar of gooseberry jam. I always wondered what gooseberry was. I don't know still. But I'm glad I'm not it. I am what I am. What a great thing to be. If I say so myself, happy every day to me. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Again, I didn't write it, but I did read it, so it is, it is nice. So close your eyes for just a moment with me as we finish this, this time in our, in our service. And, and listen to this. From this moment on, I challenge and charge you. Instead of comparing, start celebrating and using and appreciating what God has blessed you with. And don't waste what you have wishing for what you don't. It's time to kick comparisons to the curb. It's time to quit playing that game and begin to really live. Because I, I tell you, you're not living when you're comparing and imitating and striving after the things that other people have. When God says, guess what? My plan for you my thoughts towards you, my life that I've scripted out for you is far different than the Joneses, the Smiths, anybody else that's walking this planet. I created you for a purpose. You can do what nobody else can. You are what nobody else is. Find that you that I created live fully in that that I've designed you for so with your eyes closed for just another moment how many of you in this room would just honestly admit by raising your hand in the air pastor I I've struggled with comparison in my life and today that stops I quit with God's help thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you Thank you. Thank you. How many up? Just lift them up. Just thank you. Thank you. Anybody? I see a lot of women being, being truthful in this room. I don't see many men being honest and saying, you know what, Pastor? I, I, I've, I've played that game too, and it's, it's a time that, that it stops in my life. Anybody else? Thank you. Here's what I want to ask. I want to ask that, that you come. If you raise your hand, you just come and meet me right here. And I want to pray with you personally this morning as you, as you make your way. Come on. Just, just step up. Step out. Step down. Let's, let's, let's come together. And maybe you didn't raise your hand, but maybe the Holy Spirit's dealing with you saying, hey, this, this is your mail I'm reading today. 
Would you come and respond? These, these ladies, just come and gather up here as close as you can on this rug area right here. And I want some others to come and, and rally around your family this morning. These are, these are your family members right here that, that are saying, hey, guess what? I'm letting God change some things in my life this morning. I'm, I'm being free from some stuff that, that's kind of held, held me down and, and, and been a bondage in my life, but no more. How many others will come and rally around your family and, and just, just let's pray together with them? Come on. Come on. Step out. It's your time. Let's go. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Step out and pray with, with your family here. Let's, let's gather around these, these precious people here this morning. And as you do that, I want everybody else to stand to your feet because what we're going to do is we're going to pray for these folks as God does his work of freeing them from this stuff and showing them who they really are in him and through him today. And as we pray that prayer over these folks and over you, maybe if you didn't make that move, but you are struggling with that. And then we're going to sing a song of worship to Jesus, our Savior. They're just going to blow the roof off this place. And we're going to go out and change people. Father, thank you for these precious souls, God, these brothers and sisters in Christ who have stepped up and said, today I quit. I quit playing the comparison game. I quit looking around me at those that are, that are in my life that I see that, I, that I, I, I have, I've longed for this or that or whatever it may be. I quit the inferior complex. I, I quit the, 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 the thing of, of me being better, whatever it may be, God. I just pray there be a breaking in that right now, a release and a freedom that would just flow in this place this morning and flow outside of it. And those that may be watching right now via our live stream, God, I pray for freedom to come in their life as well, Jesus, as they come clean before you and say, God, help me to stop looking around and help me to look to you, Father. My God, my creator, you have made me in your image and your likeness. I am not to be stamped with anybody else's stamp in this world because I am your unique son and daughter. Father, thank you for that revelation this morning that is coming and freeing your people, that is freeing us to be everything you have created and called us to be. God, we celebrate you today. We honor you and we bless you. And I thank you for the work of freedom and deliverance in this place and salvation, Lord, to those who are calling on your name. And now, God, we worship you one more time in song. And, Lord, we lift our voices, every one of us, God, not holding back because you are worthy, Jesus. In your name we declare it. Amen.